The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of Valerie, her guests, and callers. Now here's your host, Valerie Kirkgaard. For sto- starters, <laughs> it's, April, it's April the 11th of 2012, and it ain't just Valerie Kirkgaard here. It's CW Wright of Emergency Management Solutions, and we love to do radio dialogues on issues that matter. And uh, I noticed that the webmaster hasn't gotten it up on the webpage yet, but what we're actually talking about today is oaths. And uh, I had it on the Internet, and it disappeared a few minutes ago. Um, let me see if I can find it. It's, oh, they have an audio recording here. I wanted to just see what it is. But basically, I read Obama's Oath of Office this, this morning. thought I had it bookmarked here, and it slipped right through my fingers. But before we do that, <clears throat> before we get into this wonderful discussion here, I just wanted to let you know that Waking Up in America, Our American Cafe, is normally on... Uh, in Albuquerque at 7 a.m. on Saturday mornings. We're taking a break over there for a couple of weeks, and we'll be back over there, so you can catch us in two places. And uh, that's on KTBL in Albuquerque. So we want to thank our sponsors, Emergency Management Solutions, also known as EMS Global One, Sir Jason Winter T, uh, and Tad Patterson and Protandon. And Tad Patterson actually gives classes <coughs> to people that want to learn more about what it is to be a republic, Protandin is something that both CW and I are taking as a a supplement to our diets, and uh, we love it. We love it much. You can check out all the things I'm talking about over at our webpage at wakingupinamerica.com. So, as one of our dynamic radio dialogues, as you can get a hint from from my agitation on this whole subject, we're talking about Osinos and Office today. And CW Wright is <clears throat> you're actually in transit right now, right? I am in transit right now. <laughs> so I'm he, he uh, looking to job. walk into an office here just in a moment. Okay, so there we go. And we thank our sponsors, Emergency Management Solutions. This guy has that company, and he actually goes all over the world helping out people. And he's 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 my perfect radio partner. I've been looking for this dude for years, and um, he's a terrific human being. And he he lives by terrific values and terrific qualities. And one of the things he actually does is he teaches a constitutional call on Sundays. Um, that's just one of the things he does. He's also a national health director for Jason Leonard T. And I t- tell you that because of the fact that I want you to get what a wide variety of things this, this guy does and where his areas of expertise are. So when a man that's as into health as he is, Jason Leonard T., and by the way, that stuff is terrific, and when he talks to you later about protandin, you can get that it's coming from a really important place. Now, CW, before we get going on our oath conversation here, because um, as we get on our oath conversation, all of our torchbearers are are people that are in the swifter, higher, stronger, all the people that carry the flame for freedom and liberty in the world. They really should have a cup of Jason Winter tea, don't you think? Absolutely. Because Jason Winter's tea can help the... 
relax you as well as help clean up your immune system. And this is what Sir Jason credits his recovery from that big C was cleaning up his immune system, which allowed his body to actually heal itself. And not only is it a great herbal health tea, but it even tastes good, and it comes in several different flavors, and it's found in the health food stores and online. My favorite is peach tea. And as as summertime comes and it's getting warmer out, I take the uh, Jason Winters tea and I turn it into iced tea. And one of the things I like doing is brewing the tea up and turning the tea itself into ice cubes and then take the uh, and brew it again and pour the brewed orange or peach tea over the peach tea ice cubes. It's a wonderful, wonderful drink. Did you just disappear? No, I I shared everything with the uh, Sir Jason Winters tea. Did you get it all? I was sipping my tea, and I had my legs crossed, and I was relaxing, and all of a sudden, everyone went silent. I thought, oh, my God. Just oh, no. Or something like One that. of us went silent. Well, what can but, I tell uh, you? I'm you, still you can to say hello, it. world. Oh. <laughs> now I'm trying to find oath, and I just did find it, okay? Mm-hmm. That's what I was doing. Here is the um, Supreme Court Justice John G. Roberts says, are you prepared to take the oath, Senator? And Barack Obama says, I am. And Roberts says, I, Barack Barack Hussein Obama. And he says, I, Barack. And then Roberts says, do solemnly swear that I, Barack Hussein Obama, do solemnly swear. And then he goes on like that. And then there's a few little corrections in it while they decide whether what the right thing was to say that he will mm-hmm. execute the office of the President of the United States faithfully. Okay? And, um, but what do you think executing the office is faithfully? This is his one promise yeah. to us, okay? What does he promise us in that uh-huh. transcript? To preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. That's right. That's right. Do you know what um, executive order is, CW? Actually, I do know what an executive order is. It's reserved I, for I, the I president. It's kind of set you up a bit with that because I know darn well you know what it is. Would you please let our listeners know? Do you have approximately when executive orders got started, or could you let our listeners know what you know about executive orders? Well, executive orders have always been available to uh, the president. In fact, uh, the very second one was done by George Washington to declare Thanksgiving. But they primarily are, are reserved for emergency situations. And over the years, they were more geared towards the president being able to make quick, concise decisions to protect this country during wartime. And... They are being continued to be used today, mainly because uh, we've been under martial law since, uh, I believe, 1860, 1861. And as long as you're under martial law, the executive orders can really be used at will. And our president, current president, uh, has chose to do just that. In fact, as I recall, he's issued more executive orders in the last three and a half years than the entire uh, presidential corps before him. And how many do you think he's done? 
You know, I don't have that number available to me at the moment. I'm looking it up while you're talking, okay? Because I thought, okay. we, you know, we tend to do dialogues and flow flow of thought conversations and thing, things of that nature. So when CW and I talk about an issue that we're going to talk about, you know, we've been talking about scouting recently and how much we enjoy the values that are brought to us in scouts. And then, I don't know, spirit or whatever you want to call it moved me to, um, we, we've got it here, how many executives, let's see, let's compare him. Now, I personally think George Bush lacked something as president. <laughs> Let me just say that. So I, you I'm think? For, pardon? Did <laughs> I, I say that think? freely enough? So I'm looking at a list, trying to find out, going through executive orders. I haven't got it. Um, I had it this morning on my little iPad, how many of these things were, and I unfortunately didn't take notes. Let's see. Barack Obama. Maybe they've got them listed here under the people. Okay, so George W. Bush looks like he did. Oh, you, you know what? Maybe I should go back to the first ones. Uh, what was Franklin Delano and Roosevelt, 1933 to 1945? He signed 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. He signed 13 exec- executive orders. And these orders effectively actually don't even need to be voted on by Congress. They just become law of the land unless Congress starts to hissy, have a hissy fit within 30 days and vote the little buggers down, right? Right. Would you agree? Okay, so we have him on 11, right? That's Franklin Roosevelt. We consider him a very active president. Let me just hop over here to Ronald Reagan just for a start. Okay, Ronald Reagan did 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 executive orders. That's from Ronald Reagan. Fairly recent. Ronald Reagan... 1981 to 1989, eight years, those are the number of orders. Now, we get to George W. Bush, okay? Because this guy had an agenda, and that's what happens when you get something like this, and you get 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, in a sack, 31, 32, 33, Now, mind you, I may have added one or missed one. <clears throat> Notice the difference between 11 and 65. <laughs> That's what, and if you read them, it's, you can read the titles of what they all address. I, I really suggest that you Google how many executive orders were signed by the presidents or something like that. I went to Wikipedia for a list of United States federal executive mm-hmm. orders. That's what I look for. What do you think about that? Well, um, it seems like the executive orders that are given to our presidents seem to be getting here lately abused. Well, it's changing the Constitution, by the way, wouldn't you well, say? Well, you know, it, it, here's the thing. It's constitutional for the president to use the executive orders. I mean, he has the constitutional right to do so. 
but because of the way he's using them, that spin is actually changing the way our Constitution is going to be used, which actually changes our Constitution. I mean, Obama has issued 115, 115 executive orders since he's been in office. And the latest one uh, that really blows my mind that hasn't been really let loose to the uh, public yet is that in the time of need or in a time of uh, an activity, whether it be terrorist war or whatever, he has the right to control the entire economy from the banks to, uh, uh, to the water to the factories, to the water supply, to farm equipment, to anything dealing with commerce that affects the economy. He can control it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, I don't know why you'd want to do that, but that to me that seems to be a You would want to do that if you had plans, okay? I'm not going to say any more than that because I've already had an FBI visit, okay? <laughs> and so far the FBI and I are friends. And I don't want okay. to change that category. I had two great guys over here about six months ago, and they were terrific. And we discussed whether I was inciting people or whether I was giving them information. I'm passing stuff along. You can go check this out for yourself. It's there. It's listed. Actually, I agree with you that there's something like 115 Wikipedia doesn't show them all yet. But here's a response. And mind you, we're members of the Republic for the United States of America, and we're a parallel government that's coming walking alongside because most of the federal government is, hmm, let's see, let's call it unstable and a little misdirected. Is that, how's that, CW? Is that? I thought that was... Um, well, that's, that's a good way to put it. Say fear enough. <laughs> yeah. Can't well, what we do, that, we, 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 we practice government the way the Constitution says, uh, uh, but it, it is parallel. We try and act parallel to the to the uh, 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 the government as we know it, but we want to use the Constitution and all the rights of the people therein to move along in society. And a lot of people don't understand their rights, and that's where the education comes. Well, how could they possibly understand them when they're changing so rapidly as well? Um, because, as you can see, it goes from 11 to 115, and these guys are just getting revved up, and there's there's a lot of different names that have been used to happen, occur to what's happening. I mean, I've been told, CW, that you better watch out because your TV set's probably watching you, at least if you've got one of the newer models. Mm -hmm. I've read articles on smart dust, which you can get a little dust on your shoulder, and it dings a darn mini-computer that watches you. Okay, I remember when the cameras first came in, into the city, and now there's a TV show called Person of Interest, which is, I enjoy it immensely. They actually have computers that scan you all the time, and the government's only interested in terrorists, and this computer um, duo is actually interested in people whose numbers are up. It's kind of cool. But with regards to Obama's latest um, thing that you were talking about, CW, I was totally pleased to get mm -hmm. a message from Congresswoman Kay Granger, okay, and she's a Republican, I think she's a Republican, I don't know if she's a Democrat or Republican, but she's from Texas. Bless her heart, and she sent this out to her constituents. Dear friend, with all that is going on in Washington these days, some things don't make the news the way they should. Fourteen days ago, President Obama issued an executive order that you should know about. 
The order gives an unprecedented level of authority to the president and the federal government to, in the name of national security. Ha, ha, ha. That's my ha, ha. In times of national emergency. This means that all of our water resources, construction services, and materials, steel, concrete, etc., our civil transportation system, food and health resources, our energy supplies, including oil and natural glass, gas, even farm equipment, can be taken over by the president and his cabinet secretaries. The government can also draft U.S. citizens into the military. There was a little tone in my voice. I heard that and force U.S. citizens to fulfill labor requirements for the purpose of national defense. Ha, ha, that's mine as well. This is not even any congressional oversight. There wasn't any even congressional oversight. Only briefings are required. By issuing this executive order, the president puts the federal government above the law, which in democracy is never supposed to happen. And I suggest, C.W., that's because they flubbed the presidential oath, and he probably doesn't know what he's really supposed to be doing. As president and commander-in-chief of the armed forces, he has the constitutional authority to issue executive orders. And while similar orders have been made before by presidents from Eisenhower and Reagan to Clinton and George Bush, it has never been to this extent. It is still unclear why these orders are being signed now and what the consequences are for our nation, especially during times of peace. Well, I find question with that, with the man who got the Nobel Peace Prize has been responsible for starting more wars than I've seen in my lifetime. This type of martial law imposes a government takeover on U.S. citizens that is typically reserved for national emergencies, not in time of relative peace. I want you to know I am following this very closely, and I would like you to read the order for yourself. Please click here, K. Granger, Member of Commerce. You know what I did, C.W.? Yeah. I just clicked here. Now, here's a really good place where you can get them. I actually am a member. I joined up at the White House. Did you know about that, whitehouse.gov? Yes. You can go to the whitehouse.gov, and you can be on their mailing list, and they will send you stuff. Okay. Uh, by the way, the executive order, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just looking for the number on it. But it was the one that was put out on March 16th of 2002 and, <clears throat> and 12. And you know that the Congress doesn't even get to vote on certain things anymore. They're just informed. doesn't sound like anybody you elected, does it? Nope. Okay. So... What's happening with this OSIS? OSIS and passed along since George Washington took office is is getting its teeth pulled out and is gumming itself to death on um, the extractions of power that are taking place here. And um, it's really funny. You can't see me right now, but I've got my peace hat on. And it says peace on it, actually. And I wear this hat. And Debbie laughs at me when whenever she sees me in this hat or she finds out I'm the peace ambassador. I don't know if you know this or not, but Debbie thinks I'm the noisiest peace ambassador ever to walk on this planet. And I haven't yet told her, but I will tell people that a peace ambassador is a person that needs to open their mouth, okay? Part of the trouble that we're in is because people are, quotes, they think to be peaceful is to keep your mouth shut. You can't do that. Our country is slipping away from us at an alarming rate. And, C.W., I would like it if you would just tell our listeners some of the things that you have done out of this awareness, and perhaps we can inspire people into action. Because you've done plenty, my friend. 
America is the greatest nation in the world to live. And the if there's anything, if you can call it bad, we've gotten complacent, which we have. Many of us, uh, well, all of us have gotten complacent. So therefore, because we're really happy with our lives, we, we, even though we're being pushed in commerce every day, even though that we have to, the families have to work uh, 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 two jobs in order to support the, the, the family uh, unit, people are happy with that because they, they feel like they get to do what they want to do. The downside to that is that as we become complacent, slowly over the years, our rights are starting to be stripped away. We're being set up for something in the future, and we won't get into that today because most uh, people will say, well, that's all speculative anyway. But the fact is, because we're complacent, we don't want to learn anymore. We think we've got it all. We think we... Everybody, including myself, up until a few years ago, thought, "Hey, you know, this is this is utopia. We have it. Let me we, uh, let me just we're comfortable." But let me put something in here because that's true. What you're saying is true, but there's really the another factor here, okay? And the factor is that people are exhausted. They're exhausted from foreclosure. They are exhausted. We are actually working more and earning less than we did 50 years ago. So, so I, and we're being chemtrailed. You know, every day my sinuses are going nuts from chemtrails, okay? I've talked to my doctor. I've talked to the emergency hospital. We're literally being attacked in our food and in our air. So it's not just a matter of people being dumb and stupid, which we are. Some of us are being dumb and stupid from time to time. But the reality of the situation, CW, is we're under attack of various sorts by people that want care more for money than people. Where are you? You're in the building now, aren't you? <laughs> I am in the building now, going trying to get and to you're my. Trying to yeah. appear as though you're totally on the radio, but you're walking down some hall somewhere looking for that office, aren't you? I am. I know. See, I'm going to cover for him a little so, bit. I'm, I'm asking. I'll ask the audience to excuse me and to work with. That's what I tell my wife, and she tells me. She goes. I understand, sweetheart, but I'll I heard him. I understand, sweetheart, okay? But you have to keep this on your ear while you're signing because you do not get to get away from this conversation. There is no excuse, okay? I'm not going anywhere. Good. I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that. This is what we actually have to do to make deals go through. I'm not going to tell you what happened to one of our escrow deals last week because if I did, the FBI would be over here again. But... Bad things happened to one of our escrow deals last week, and it had nothing to do with us. And there are just so many things going on in this government that make it hard for things to happen. And part of what's happening is the government is hungry. You know, funds and um, operations are being cut all over the place. If you've noticed, we had a riot, actually. It was called the riot. I, I wasn't there, so I can't really say, over at Santa Monica City College. Now, I went to Santa Monica City College, I think, 19... 1969, and it cost me $24 to go to Santa Monica City College. It's now something like $24. It's something like $24 or $25. It was a city college. To go to college? To, to take That's a really expensive. To make a That's like before dirt was invented, wasn't it? <laughs> it was funded, and it was uh, Santa Monica City College in Santa Monica 
was run well in those days, and there was money, and it was like $24 a semester or $20 a unit or something. Now it's like something like $87. Oh, it's about 20, 20 or $24 a class. So I could maybe take mm, five glasses for $125. Now it's like $80, $90 a unit. So you have a two-unit class or a three-unit class. I mean, we're comparable. This college is now more expensive than UCLA was when I went there, which was UCLA, when I went in, in the 1970s, was um, $64 a unit. All of this is happening because people are trying to figure out ways to cut in and get funds and get a bigger piece. Instead of producing products that last a really long time, they want to they want their piece of the action. When I became a marriage family child counselor, CW, I um, had it. I was paid one hundred and twenty-five dollars an hour in the nineteen eighties. Um, I could work with somebody until we had their issue handled. They paid a certain amount of money for their their um, their treatment to the insurance company. They had a certain amount of stuff allowed, and we'd get them handled usually in some place between ten and twenty sessions. That's what went on in the seventies. And then somewhere in the eighties came along HMOs. And the HMOs decided that they wanted a piece of the cut. So we got the same rate, but the HMO took part of it. They took like $50 or something like that out of the 125 so we got a pay cut. And then they reduced the number of um, of treatments that a person could have because they wanted it. I guess they must have sold it to the insurance companies that people really didn't need the treatment they were getting. So... Over time, you know, we had given our oath. I held my hand up as a Girl Scout, and then I held my hand up later as a practitioner that helped people. I spent 3,000 hours getting my license. Well, I spent, I got my license. I had to get a master's degree. Then I had to do 3,000 hours of work before I could actually be certified. So, Are you familiar with the uh, statement, give an inch, they take a mile? Yeah. This, this is, is what's happened with oaths and and actions in our political system over the years. What happens, they just take nibble a little bit, and people stand back and say, oh, okay. Then all of a sudden, they nibble a little bit more. Somebody nibbles a little bit more. And before you know it, you've got what appears to be a gross negligence of the use of the Constitution or the lack of respect to the Constitution. CW, these people didn't get handled, okay? that We used to handle people in the 70s, okay? They used to get their met If they needed something, we handled it. That's and right. You talk, this nibbling thing that you're talking about, what a good term. It's like rats in the house eating the cheese. Yeah. And just a little bit at a time, nobody really notices, no big deal. Then you see, It's, it's kind of like the gas prices. They go up a little bit, okay, no big deal. They go up a little bit more. It's only when they, they climb way up like they have been do we start complaining. But then they come back down a little bit. And then they go but up they more. They never ever go back down to where they were. They just come back down a little bit. And that's kind of like what we're going through with our political system. They nibble and nibble away at our rights a little bit. Then they just leave us alone for a while. And this man wants to be, re- not, wants to be reelected. He's eroding the Constitution, man. If he's done 115 already in his term, what's he got in mind for us? Well, i, I got to tell you, I disagree with you. Yeah? Yeah, no, I don't think he wants to be reelected at all. You don't? Well, that would explain a lot. 
Well, you want to think he wants to get this. as much mileage this, done as he can let, while he's still no, here. No, let me give you my personal opinion, and it's only my personal opinion. I I don't have any real evidence. This is just my personal opinion. He doesn't want to be reelected. He wants to make it to where he doesn't have to be reelected. He or will always else. be there. <laughs> Are you exactly. talking about a military takeover? No, it doesn't have to be a military takeover because I don't think the military would ever allow that. Well, I was going to say, I hope you were saying that because in the beginning I had heard that the military was like split because about martial law and stuff like that. And now I've heard that the military is like at least 60% against it. So that's why I was wondering. Yes, it's about 60-40. That's the way I understand I didn't know it was yeah, that Yeah, that's high. what I heard too. The military ain't taking over, folks. <laughs> the military no, no. is coming into the republic and saying, hi, got room for us here? The, the the military, to my knowledge, will uphold the Constitution and their oaths, but their oaths are even uh, are changing. They're forced to change. The commander in chief is forced to have some of their oaths changed because some of the high command, as I understand it, and I don't have evidence of this, has been. Uh, not only do you have an oath to the Constitution, but you have an oath to the commander in chief, I believe. Right, and, and have, they're not. They're revoking their oaths to the commander in chief. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, some of them are already saying, I'm sorry, this isn't going to happen with you. That's how the 60% is starting to open their mouths. Remember, I told you I was wearing my peace hat, and every, Debbie keeps saying, you got to be quiet, you're for peace. Hell, I do. I actually need to speak up because I'm for peace. Well, if, if you actually don't say anything, then then you're, you're caving in or you're giving in or agreeing with whatever is going on. So do you need to speak up? Sure. You need to be the squeaky wheel. I was just squeaking for you. Okay. And uh, I know you that was feel it, very you? good. <laughs> and, as the, and you don't have to be a mean squeaking wheel. You just want your voice heard. And sometimes you need the proper voice. And as Peace Ambassador, you're trusted to have that proper voice. And sometimes some people will say it's proper, and other times they're a little shocked. But, hey, what can I tell you? I I have really intercepted some nasty things that were planned on this planet, and I'm proud to say, you know, you don't know this, but I actually, do you know who Gloria Allred is? I do. Okay. Uh, you've she talked about I, her before. Yeah, she and I, she and I, she was the coordinator of Los Angeles Now, and I was her associate. And let me tell you, that woman knows how to do it. I love the stuff that she was taking on back in the 70s and the 80s, and she's still at it. I saw her on television. It's the first time I've seen her. She's a judge now. Did you know that? Like at a daytime court, I cracked up. You go, girl. You go. She always used to wear a red suit. But here's what I, here's something that I want to read, because a lot of people have, they have this whole conversation about what the police are about, okay? And I'm going to tell you that this, Thing I'm going to read to you is probably about 15 or 20 years old, and I actually carry a copy of this in my car, and when I get stopped for some reason, and I have from time to time, being a human being, I actually show the officer this thing, and he reads it. Usually it's a he. And you know what? They get moved. It says, Law Enforcement Code of Ethics. As a law enforcement officer, my fundamental duty is to serve mankind, to safeguard lives and property, to protect the innocent against deception, the weak against oppression or into intimidation, and the peaceful against violence or disorder, and to respect the constitutional rights of all men to liberty, justice, and equality. The only thing they forgot to do is put in a W.O. and 
in, in there as well. I will keep my private life the um, unsullied as an example to all, maintain courageous calm in the face of danger, scorn, or ridicule, develop self-restraint, and be constantly mindful of the welfare of others. Honest in both thought and deed and in my personal and official life, I will be exemplary and obeying the laws of the land and the regulations of my department. Wherever I see or hear a conf- of confidential nature or that is confided to me in my official capacity will be kept ever secret unless revelation is necessary in the performance of my duty. I will never act officiously or permit personal feelings, prejudices, or animosities or friendships to influence my decisions. With no compromise for crime and with the relentless prosecution of criminals, I will enforce the law courteously and appropriately without fear or favor, malice or ill will, never empowering unnecessary force or violence and never accepting gratuities. I will recognize my office as a symbol of public faith, and I will accept it as a public trust so long as I am true to the ethics of public service, and I will constantly strive to achieve these objectives and ideals, dedicating myself before God to my chosen profession. President Obama, take heed. You could do well to take this oath. Back to you, you W. Society has made it difficult for our law enforcement to work properly. I mean, that was a good oath. And many law enforcement would like to keep that oath. But with the different cultures and the different different types of stresses on society, uh, people don't always act in the in their best behavior, and but what makes that worse is that the management team in law enforcement, the peer pressure that uh, law enforcement officers have from above, make it even worse because many times, many times, it boils down to uh, uh, economics, which in many cases, do not favor the innocent. It also boils down to somebody wanting to get their own way. An ego gets in the way somewhere along along the line. Would you like and, to just stop there and put in a footnote on what you just said? Because you are aware, you've told me about how the courts are all businesses, and it might be a time to interject that. Well, we're talking about law enforcement, but as courts go, courts really are a, a form of banking, is a form of a banking uh, uh, institution. If you don't believe that, look on how they have to operate. They're, they have to operate under the uh, administrative rules of banks. They have to close their books every single day, just like a bank does. Really? I mean, the I exact same way. Oh, yeah. So huh. they, they're, they're like a, a, a cash machine only in reverse, or an ATM machine reserve, only they're there to take it from you. Their job is to pull cash in into the court system. Um, And this is where education comes in. Uh, I'm not opposed to anything or anyone prospering. I am opposed to the way it's being done, especially with those who are uneducated. And then, of course, the the Law industry will stand on the side of ignorance of the law is no basis for a defense. 
there goes the need for education. So what do we do? We hire an attorney thinking they're the educated going to help us. And yes, they are educated. They're educated to help the court. And if you don't believe that, go to court as a plaintiff or a defendant, and you're going to find there's at least three people, maybe four people ahead of you before they even start thinking about your case. First of all, you got your judge or the person that's heading up the court. Then you have a plaintiff attorney. Then you have a defendant attorney. These people have an oath of their own to the court. What is their oath? Do you know by any chance? No, I don't know know the the actual oath that they have, but they have an oath to the court to uphold whatever goes on there. And, And I do believe they should. They should have an oath to uphold, but it goes beyond that. They, well, their job is to extract money and bring money into the court system. Well, can I put in two cents here? Because I've been in court about, about I'm going to say, nine or ten times in the, in the last three or four years. You wonder, you know, how I did that so frequently. I went into foreclosure. I was going to say, how did you do that so frequently? Foreclosure. Foreclosure, uh, and, and people that know me will I don't leave any stone unturned, so I've tried many different processes. And I'm not going to brag how long I've been in this house, okay? But I've been in this house a long time, and so far, by God's assistance, wise and wonderful friends, and my own persistence, I am still here. And I, you know, it's been quite, quite an interesting experience. And I learned, I never had the money to defend myself, CW, so I had to do it pro per or pro se, which means you re- represent yourself. So. I would go down to the courthouse and I would ask them questions and they wouldn't tell me because they wouldn't answer any of my questions because they didn't want to be liable for offering me suit. So I'd have to call up people and ask them and then I'd try this thing and I'd try that thing and I'd try the other thing. Finally, I found out about Haynes versus Kerner. And when you go to, if you have to go to court for some reason and you say, Your Honor, I'm not sure how things work here, and I would really appreciate it if you would honor Haynes versus Kerner, and you do it all politely. You do it, if you do it with a bad attitude, you are not going to go anywhere fast. So you go in there and you just be a decent human being and say you don't really understand what's going on. By the way, saying you don't understand what's going on, it's an honest and true thing, and in I watched 18 people lose their homes in front of me. Talk about you were watching in front of you. I watched 18 people in bankruptcy court be told to leave their homes, to leave their homes. And when I got to the judge, you know, I said, Your Honor, I would really appreciate it if you would help me out here with Haynes versus Kerner. And I really don't understand what's going on. What I don't understand is why two different banks are claiming ownership to my property. I really, really don't understand why... um, why this is all working the way it is, it doesn't make sense to me. As far as I know, Your Honor, um, no money was ever lent to me in the first place. And then you just go on with the different things that you don't understand. And I not only wasn't told to leave my home, the judge told me to sue sue the banks in federal court. And, and when I called you and told you that, what did you say? You remember? Uh, not offhand, I don't. Okay, so I left you flat-footed on that one. What you said was, your judge, and she was a woman, and she's a real sharpie, okay? She said, um, I, I can't remember if this is my term or your term, but basically said she was covering her butt. 
that she saw that I was a potential for a, a lawsuit here and that I wasn't just sheeple. And because she, this was a business, she didn't want to risk getting fired from her business. That, right. That's really accurate, isn't it? That is accurate. And she recommended that you... Uh, uh, sue them. Uh, sue them. Right. Yeah. So that took her off the hook, see, because I put enough question in her mind, and I understood. And this is what CW was talking about earlier. You got to get yourself educated, and that's where Tad Patterson comes in. And he, you go to our website at wakingupinamerica.com, and you click on Tad Patterson, see what he's up to, and you send me an email at val at mailhouse.com. And boy, does that dude have a program for you! This thing also takes energy, folks. <laughs> it takes energy to be the salmon swimming uphill. And both CW and I take Protandin, and I'm 72, and I play racquetball, and I hadn't played it in like 30, 40 years, and I'm doing that now. I'm doing all kinds of athletic things. I'm still unhappy with the quality of my skin, though it's improved. And I was wondering if you would share with our listeners, CW, the things you noticed with Protandin, which, by the way, is over on the right-hand side of the website. You just go over to the webpage, click on that Protandin picture. It takes you in, and, you know, just sign up for it. You can cancel it at any time, but try it for two or three months and see what you notice. Well, well, let me share with you some recent stuff with Prodandum. As you know, I've had uh, some back pain and kidney pain from uh, prior injuries in the past. And this time around, this happens like once a year, once every other year, I get that pain in my back. And I was diagnosed with kidney stones some time ago, and we've been dealing with them. With Protandum, it seems like, and I can't get, I don't know if it's the Tulkra, but I can tell you it's different this time with Protandum in my system. What's happening is the pain, of course, I have to exercise and stretch it out because it's a pinched nerve. I'm finding the healing process is much greater, much faster than where it was. I was so worried about you. Like the... Uh, well, you're familiar with the kidney problem I had. It lasted, it was very severe, but it only Horrible. lasted for a couple of days. I was able to get by it, which is unheard of. And now, although I have the pinched nerve and it came back the other day from a week ago, uh, I'm recovering from it pretty quick, like two days ago, Monday. I wasn't able to hardly walk. Wow. And, but today, uh, as you mentioned earlier, I'm running up and down hallways. <laughs> I know we've got That's a tracker on him. We got a GPS on him, and I can see he's moving fast. Right. I know you don't want to spend all your time talking about the joys of protandin, but I also know that it's 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 helped your um, diabetic condition too. Oh, oh, <laughs> that oh, is oh. that's the ongoing thing. It's been steady. Now it's it's still not where I'd like to be because I'd like to be right around one ten at all times, but. Uh, my problem is my own, I'm my own worst enemy. I, I tend to skip a meal, which is really bad for diabetics. And when you go to sit down, you end up eating too much, which uh, with a diabetic, and really for a healthy body, you should eat several smaller meals throughout the day anyway. Or because I don't eat, I start to tank, so I eat a piece of chocolate or I drink a sip of regular Coke, which is like the worst thing you can do for a diabetic to do. So, and still he's alive. <laughs> what, but because of the protandum, I'm setting this up. Because of the protandum, <laughs> I, I, I'm no longer sitting up around 170 or 180. I'm more like 140 on a regular basis. And if I was just to take care of myself and my diet, I'm sure I'd be at 110 all the time. 
Well, and 30 course, points is a lot, buddy. Oh, it's a lot when it comes to diabetes because uh, uh, diabetes is, is, is that it's a lot like uh, blood pressure. It's, it, it, it truly is a silent killer if you don't take care of it. Hmm. So there's, there's just a lot of things. Um, the, the one thing that hasn't changed for me, and if anybody on, uh, listening on the air has that, I'm getting those, like, when you bump yourself, I get those hematomas, and the dog keeps scratching me. So as soon as I get rid of one set of bruises, I get another set. Do you have any recommendations for that? For hematomas? Yeah. So uh, like yeah, get rid of the dog. Get that, huh? No, get rid of the get dog. Get rid of the dog. <laughs> Other than that. I was just you know, wondering if it had come across your table. Well, do you remember us talking about uh, uh, Patricia Bragg and some of the stuff that she does? Oh, yeah. She's terrific. See, hematomas come from because there's something not, not uh, uh, or they stay around or you get the broken blood vessels on your skin because something is missing or your yeah, skin I'm trying to remember is what not healthy enough. And yeah, it happens when you get older. Yeah. Yeah, the collagen cells break down as you get older. And that was, uh, I just came from the president of the uh, vitamin company, by the way. Oh, are you That's there? Listening. Why don't you give him a plug? I just gave him a plug. Well, name is vitamin company. That's not much of a plug. <laughs> Old Fashioned Natural Products, who is also the home of L.A. Lifestyle, which you can go visit at LALifestyle.com. Jason Winters Tea, which you can go visit at JasonWintersTea.com. And they uh, have other private labels that they do for the uh, public as well and can be found in health food stores and online. Now, this is Mr. Brown, right? This is Mr. John Brown. Oh, my God. You're in John Brown's office while we're on the air? I love this. This man is I, I am. He, he, I, I, he's not going to come and say anything. He's, he's, oh, uh, he's too shy? He, no, he's really busy right now. <laughs> well, why don't you tell him about the website and the men and women of the military and what he does for seniors and all kinds of stuff like that? You know, John has got... If you ever met, you see you see this real little guy with a heart as big as Kansas. And oh God, he must trip over what it. What he's done? What he's done when he put the website together? He said, "You know, there's something missing." And it dawned on him. He wants to help out the not only our senior citizens, but he wants to help out our members in the military. So what he's done? He's put on the LA Lifestyle website a 10 percent discount to all our seniors in America. And all our military personnel. And you know what else he did? I heard he gave vitamins to the troops, and I hope that's he, true. He donated over $25,000 worth of vitamins, T-shirts, and hats to our troops overseas. Wow. Yeah, wow. Good now, man. You see who we surround ourselves with. He didn't have to do that. He just He came to me one day and said, I want to do this. I mean, it's not like some marketing guy walked up to him and said, this would be good for your marketing and advertising. He did this because he knew it would be helpful to the men and women in our military, and so he well, did so. You know, we should mention Sir Raymond's book here, too. What oh, what else? Because we're giving that away, you know. We are giving that away. I've got a few left. Gosh. So what do you need to do? You know, the book is, a, is really a summary of his dad's book, but 
written through the eyes of Sir Jason's son, Sir Raymond, as he grew up with his dad. So it's a very interesting read. You get a little bit different perspective on how uh, his son perceived things when he was growing up with his dad, as his dad was going through that debilitating disease. How terrible. And so he called it What If? And the book is available now, and you could get a copy free just by writing to you, Val, waking up in America, Make sure, just put in the subject line, what if, and make sure you include your address, because many times people want the book, but they forget to tell us where they, to send they it. They think I'm going to teleport it. And not. Yeah. I'm so close to, we're so close to our listeners, they think we'll just teleport them the book. It's okay, folks. We'll get there yeah. soon, but we haven't made it quite yet. The other thing no I wanted to No charge for the book and no charge for postage. We cover it all. We cover it all, and uh, what I think is really important is Sir Jason and Sir Raymond are both Knights of Malta. Now, in case you go, oh, hoity-toity, English knights, uh-uh. Knights of Malta are about the, the men that serve the planet. So these men dedicated their lives to service. And that, you know, James Brown, as far as I know, isn't a Knight of Malta person yet. But he's the kind of person that would be a Knight of Malta. And by the way, so are you. Did you say James Brown? <laughs> yeah, I, did. I meant John. <laughs> you meant John Brown. I did. I meant John Brown. <laughs> Thank you for correcting me, but these are the kind of guys, and C.W. Wright is that kind of a guy, too. They're, they dedicate their lives to the service of others. You know, I can't I speak really for John, but, you know... James Brown, I, I actually met James humble Brown. Servants. We're Pardon? humble servants to, to the uh, people of this great nation. That's all. Actually, I'm going to say it's yeah. even bigger than that. They're yeah. humble servants to the world. Well, let me tell you how, how unique that statement is. John, the president of uh, Old Fashioned, home of LALifestyle.com, is from Scotland originally. Really? Yeah, he grew up on the streets of Paisley, Scot- Scotland, and in 1957, at 17, came to New York. He set his sights there, and shor- shortly after arriving in uh, New York, he uh, became a stock boy in Macy's, and let me ask you a uh, question. No, is that, he standing next to you? Uh, is he still standing he's in the room at the moment. Okay, because uh, I'm going to suggest that whether it was formal or not, John Brown took an oath to himself, or he made himself a promise. Those, that's what oaths are. They're promises did. that you make. And I'm, I'm going to ask you what would have been John's promise, and I'm going to ask you what your promise is. And we can ask listeners what their promise is, because we're almost off the air. What his promise is to what? Yeah, he made a promise to maybe change the quality of health on the planet or something like that. You can count well, on Well, his first promise was to himself, and that was to pull himself up off the streets of Paisley and make something that he and his family could be proud of. And he's done that. He's now the president of this large worldwide company called Old Fashioned Natural. Okay, and CW... Right, a man who thinks he accidentally got into emergency management services. We could argue that point another time. But one of the things you talk about all the time on your messages is have a happy and health, have a happy, healthy, and prosperous day. Correct. Okay, so you've made a promise to create um, prosperity and wealth and happiness. I don't know how you've worded it. I was wondering if you were in touch with that. Well, a long time ago. I tried to shorten up what 
I wanted to do for everybody or what I hope to promote for everybody and help people learn to do, and that is to have a healthy and prosperous day that will lead into a healthy and prosperous life, of course. And healthy and prosperous is a is, is much more than, than that term. It's very broad in my, the meaning I'm looking for. I'm not only looking just for good physical health. I'm good, looking for a good, healthy life, a lifestyle, a good health in, in, in uh, relationships, a good health in just being. I'm looking for prosperity, not just in economics for a person, but prosperity in life, a good, prosper household, a good, prosper relationship. All that can be good that all anybody could ever hope for and work for. Now, this stuff doesn't come easy. But with education and with dedication, everybody, I believe, can have a healthy and prosperous day no matter what level of life you are in this world. And when I say life and e- economic conditions that you might live in or what creed, what race, what culture you come from, Everybody can have a healthy and prosperous day. You know, you're absolutely correct. I'm just thinking about it as we round up on the end of the program here. I looked at all the different things I've done in my life, and I, I'm an Olympic torchbearer. I carried the Olympic torch in 1984. And what is engraved on my torch is Sidious Altius Fortius, which is swifter, higher, stronger. So that's what I'm about. I'm a commitment to take conversations and realities into the highest, strongest, most wonderful place that I possibly can. And as we're wrapping up this program today, I'm so incredibly aware of the the letter that I was reading to you earlier from Kay, um, our congresswoman, who was referring us to, remember, go to whitehouse.org or Google Barack Obama's executive orders. You can demand that your Congress repeal them if you don't like them. And I would like to demand that we demand that this last executive order that was written on um, March the 16th is actually repealed. Uh, We can do that. On our website at wakingupinamerica.com, you can go check out the petition and sign up against the health care bill because I've never seen a health care bill that puts you in, in fines and penalties and all that kind of stuff if you don't do what they say. This is getting a little bit too pushy for me. So um, I really think the states are capable of taking care of that on their own, and if we're not capable of taking care of that on our own, we're capable of creating something that doesn't put somebody in jail or brand them or stick some kind of a tag inside them so they can medically track them or whatever it is. I don't like all this tracking stuff that's going on. So, oh, my gosh, there's our music. Um, <laughs> they're telling us it's time to go. CW, thanks for an incredible time, and thank you for visiting L.A. Lifestyle and Sir Jason Winters Tea Home, because that's an absolutely terrific place. This program has been brought to you by Kirkguard Media, our radio partners, ConeenCompany.com, Dr. James Murphy and Memoriam, DrValerie.com, and Dr. is all spelled out. We thank our producer and sponsor, C.W. Wright of Emergency Management Solutions. He's also the co-host, Sir Jason Winter T. We love you, Sir Jason Winter, and we love you, Raymond, too. L.A. Lifestyle, John Brown, you rock, and Protandon, gotta have it. A big thanks to you and our team at Voice America, Jeff Spinard, Nathan Jett, Brad Comer, and our friends at Cumulus Radio, Mike Vitale, Ron Simon, and Stacy, you little sweetie you, in the accounting department. Thank you 
Ron Hayes for being a great research assistant. Merci beaucoup to Bent Magen for our theme music, Almost Ordinary People. Next week, invite a friend to listen and write me at val at wakingupinamerica.com for the book What If with your address, val at mailhouse.com if you want more information on Tad Patterson's classes. Do a mitzvah today. That's French for do a good dude. Give somebody a boost. Thanks for listening. You're not crazy anymore. You've Thank you for joining us today for Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. Waking Up in America can be heard live every Wednesday on voiceamerica.com and Valerie welcomes all emails at heavenincorporated.com. This is for all you knew, pouring through. Now your heart is open.